Our first reading today comes from Acts 11, verses 1 to 18. And if you have the Blue Bible, it's on page 1043. Now, just proceeding to this passage, Cornelius the centurion has just received the angel telling him to send for Peter. And Peter has just had the vision of the blanket full of animals of all kinds being lowered down from heaven and being told to eat them. He's then gone to Cornelius's house and talks to the people there and baptized all of the Gentiles there present. So, chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Peter explains his actions. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of the uncircumcised and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The spirits told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered into the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading today comes from John chapter 13, verses 31 to 35, and it's on page 1021 in the Blue Bibles. Please stand if you're able. So proceeding to this bit of the text. The Last Supper had just taken place and Judas has just left to go to the authorities. 
Jesus predicts Peter's denial. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must one love, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. It's really lovely to be here at the 8.45. I'm Becky, for those of you that don't know me, and I regularly go to the 11 o'clock service here. Um, but it's really nice to come and join you in your worship. I just wonder if you've ever felt let down by someone, maybe a friend or a relative, even a partner. Perhaps you felt betrayed by a group of people, a community, school or work colleagues, neighbours, politicians, even the church. How did you feel at that time? Betrayed? Cheated? Bereaved? Sad? Lonely? Are just words that spring to my mind. For some, these feelings can stay for a long time, causing a paralysis of trust that is so isolating and seems to block out all hope of experiencing and demonstrating love again. In today's reading from John, Jesus was facing the same tough reality of betrayal. In the short passage, this short passage is dropped into John's account of the Last Supper. Judas had just been identified for his betrayal, and the passage begins as he left, left the room. While reading on from this, Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him three times before the morning. Jesus certainly knew about the pain of betrayal and being let down by those closest to him at this time. He was human too. And I get a lot of encouragement from the fact that he walked in human shoes and experienced human emotion this absolutely must have included the feelings associated with betrayal. Yet his response was quite incredible and runs against the grain of our human nature and desire to draw ourselves away from others or even cast the finger of blame. No, Jesus' words and actions speak of a revolutionary call to love. The first thing that Jesus does after Jesus left the room in verse 31 was to refer to God being glorified through the Son of Man. This kind of sentence can be found throughout John's writing and it has a great deal of depth. But to me, concentrating on this passage 
I feel that Jesus is saying, now is the time that when this thing that I've been talking about and trying to prepare you for is happening. It also seems powerful to me that at this pinpoint moment in time, when everything is unravelling and feels like it's falling apart, Jesus points to God. He knows this is all part of the plan of restoration, hope, and ultimately love that God has prepared throughout time. Then, in verse 34, Jesus says a phrase that has become so well-known, so cherished to Christians throughout the world, and yet something that people throughout time have struggled to do. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. In a passage that is framed on both sides by darkness and denial by his friends, at a time when Judas has left to fulfil his act of betrayal, Jesus' simple but starkly difficult message is to love. We all have our own experiences of love and what it means to us. I asked my children yesterday morning when they came down to help me with um, writing the sermon. One of them said that love was mummy huggles, which was really lovely. The other, quite deeply, said, it is all around us, all the time. I pray that you've always her experience. Solomon, in Song of Songs, chapter 8, talks about love being as strong as death and burning like a mighty flame that many waters cannot quench, rivers cannot wash away. That feels magnificent. Wouldn't that be amazing to receive? But wow, costly to give. But then, let's think about what Jesus said again. Love one another as I loved you. Yeah. Now that let me think <clears throat> let me think about that. Yes, Jesus was encouraging and nurturing. Yes, he healed the sick. Yes, he prayed for his friends. Yes, he was honest. <coughs> Sorry. Yes, he was honest and did correct his disciples when it was needed. And that is all pretty hard to live up to. But from this passage, Jesus went on to stand trial for offences that he did not commit, face torture and a horrific death out of love for every one of us. It is fair to say that loving like Jesus is likely to be costly. And it is sometimes going to hurt. But this way of loving is transformational. It has power that is as limitless as God's love. 
perhaps that's all the more reason why we need to keep God's glory at the heart of everything, just as Jesus modelled at the beginning of this passage. If we do keep our eyes and hearts fixed on the power of God, even the biggest of mountains can start to feel more manageable. After Jesus ascended back to heaven and the disciples had received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they were soon challenged to, to consider who the each other that Jesus was talking about actually were. To that point, they probably just thought it was the disciples that were there at that moment. It may have grown to a few other Jews. But in the passage that we heard from Acts, they were soon challenged to think about Gentiles. As their love did start to attract, their love basically started to attract all kinds of people, including Gentiles. This was a huge challenge for the early church. And if we truly allow God to open our minds and imagination to the depths and reaches of his love, we too may be challenged about who we need to love and how far we may need to go to demonstrate this love. But this radical love has the power to transform the world, replace all the pain of loss, betrayal and corruption with hope, respect and love for all. One of my favourite Bible passages is Revelation 21. John's vision of a new heaven and a new earth. Several years ago, looking at the book, I suddenly realised it was nine years ago, um, I was at Spring Harvest and I was introduced to a kind of modern rewriting of it um, where someone had based the passage on London in about 2009. Um, and it, we were challenged to imagine how a new heaven and a new earth would look in our neighbourhoods and workplaces today and explore if God can talk to us through our imagination about how we could demonstrate God's love in our communities and show glimpses of God's kingdom to, in, within them today. I'm going to share that reading with you now. And obviously, this is based on London. But maybe if you could think about how that could impact John Whitstable or wherever you are from and wherever you go in your day-to-day -day lives. It was 8 o'clock on Monday morning. And I was standing by Lambeth North Station. And I saw a new London coming down from the heavens. I saw a teenager leaping out of bed with joy, laughing at the freshness of the morning. I saw elderly ladies skipping down Kennington Road. I saw children paddling in the River Thames. I saw a football match in Kennington Park, and the teams were mixed people from every people group asylum seekers and taxi drivers, policemen and prisoners, pensioners and politicians, 
people from every race and class playing and laughing in the sun. I saw a street party where the people were eating and dancing because they had hope again. I looked across the community of South London, a community of hope, a community of grace, a community of warmth. And in the clearness of the morning, I looked down into Elephant and Castle, and there was no more asthma, no more unwanted pregnancies, no more debt, no more violence, no more overcrowding, and no one was too busy. The River Thames was flowing with crystal clear water and there were no more needles and condoms in the park. No more sorrow of family breakdown. No more poverty. No more need. No more unemployment or mind-numbing jobs. No more hopelessness. No more sadness and tears. Only joy and laughter. No more discrimination. No more drunken clubbing. No threats. No fears. The dividing walls were gone. Families and neighbours were restored. There was no more rubbish. No dealers. No guns. No knives. No dangerous dogs. There were no racial tensions. Just one harmonious mix in Technicolor. And I looked, and I saw kids playing football in the streets and neighbours cheering them on. I saw homes without locks on the doors where a welcome was always guaranteed. I saw a playground with climbing frames that weren't rusty, where children threw themselves in the air without fear of harm, where the teenagers helped the little ones up to the highest climbs. I saw a London where neighbours shared favours and returned them without pressure or obligation. I saw a London where hearts were unbroken, partnerships were lasting, peaceful and happy. I saw a London where families eat and play together. I saw a London where tears are wiped away. It's powerful stuff. And we have the gift of imagination. That feels impossible in so many levels. But if we all pray and we all dwell on that imagination that God has given us and focusing on what he wants us to do, what bit of that impossible could he make possible for us to transform in one person's life, then each of us together could transform many lives So there's a challenge for us with this love. I just wanted to close with, there's so much to choose from when you're talking about love, but I just wanted to finish with a couple of um, verses from Ephesians. Ephesians 3, um, verses 16 to 19. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God.
Amen.